0: Hey, everyone. Good evening. Uh, good afternoon, everyone. to the first episode of FDRA Live, we are here at race number one on the PDRA World Tour, and it brings us here to Glott Motorsports Park for the PDRA FuelTech the, uh, the Eastern uh, Nationals Presented by right. So very exciting deal that West Bach and Tyler Crosstown has put together, and, and they uh, virtually came to us and said, how can we showcase the pdra in a different way and with pdra live it's something that we want to bring new to the fans and all the supporting sponsors that we have and pdra has shown that it is continuously evolving and one of the quickest and fastest drag racing organizations in the world and how we're going to do that obviously is through pdra live it is uh we're scheduled to do eight episodes here in 2022 and uh it's just exciting to be back here at the racetrack to uh everyone knows the off season uh is always one that just drags on forever and everybody can't wait to get back out and see the new race cars the new combinations new sponsors new paint schemes everything that everybody has worked so hard for over the off season is showcased virtually here uh at the first race of the season and uh absolutely beautiful weather so far we have had here at galat motor sports park and a lot of great stories that we want to talk about and showcase here in our first episode of PDRA Live. And Scotty, of course, uh, you and I are the voice of the, the PDRA going into our third season together. And uh, we have, you know, we have quite the blast in the, in the tower. And the, as I always say, the best seat in the house. Um, we get to watch each and every run down the racetrack as, as things unfold on a Thursday test session all the way until uh, champions are crowned on Saturday night. And uh, we have obviously ourselves had the offseason to uh, watch the stories unfold and uh, reflect on really what is, uh, what's what's going to transpire this season. And I think a lot of good stories um, that you and I have talked about, and, uh, of course, with the uh, Drag, Illustra- Drag Illustrated crew, I should say, we uh, conversed about just a little bit ago. But going into this uh, this weekend, is let's let's start with pro nitrous. You know that is one of the uh most exciting classes uh we have here in the PDRA and without a doubt one of those things is well I think
1: before we get to going and that should we bring in Nate and, uh OS oh, into the program. Yeah, I thought, I thought they going to pop in? They're hiding in the background somewhere. There, they there they are.
2: I was, was starting to, to get like I was God. like come on now. The the sweet up, sweet guys? sounds of the drag strip, right? I hope yeah. everybody knows that. Like we were, we were worried about that noise. At the be like, oh man, is the background noise going to be too much? And it's like, no, this is what people want to hear, right? The sweet sweet song of a pro boost car, pro nitrous car coming out of the water. Man, thank you guys for having us. Uh, great job introducing the show and getting this thing started. Uh, big honor. I think I can speak on behalf of all of us at Drag Illustrated that it's just it's cool. To, to use every tool that is available to us and take every opportunity to highlight the men and women, the cars, the stars, and everything, the venues, the events that make the sport of drag racing great. And I think uh, toward the top of that list is the PDRA, man, and, of course, Galat Motorsports Park. So thank you guys for having us.
0: No, and, and, of course, thank you, Wes, for everything that, of course, Drag Illustrated does for, for the PDRA. And- as you're talking about is is we're constantly evolving and trying to make this a, a a better organization each and every year and i think by seeing the car counts that we we have here at the first race of the season the pre-entry list is uh the biggest we've ever seen it it's a very strong car count in our professional categories and our sportsman categories um as i talked about a lot of new faces that we've never seen before here this weekend um so the, when people ask, uh, uh, what is the status of PDRA, I, I have to say it's, it's alive and well, um, and it's, it's growing at a rapid rate. Um, and another thing that we can't you know, um, shy away from is the fact that we have gained numerous marketing, new marketing sponsors over, uh, over the off season. Will Smith and the marketing crew um, has done a, a stellar job. Um, and I, I contribute that to, obviously, the, the media coverage um, is, is second to none. Um, and, and obviously you guys teaming up and creating this PDRA live is just another great option that we have to really showcase the the sport of the world's quickest and fastest eighth mile drag race. And I feel like it's uh, the product kind of sells itself. Uh, we have a great group
1: of racers and very competitive classes here in the PDRA. Anybody anybody could win any day I feel. Correct
3: let's dive into some of those classes you guys were talking about pro nitrous to start there
0: so as you're talking about let's dive into things Uh, we're gonna dive into to uh switzer dynamics pro nitrous and and as everybody knows if you follow the the world of pdra um jim halsey i mean that's that's all you got to say jim halsey has absolutely dominated um switzer dynamics pro nitrous and virtually the entire class right now, um, and has been, they've been chasing what Jim Halsey um, has had, the combination, the car, the team, um, it is just working flawlessly, and we've seen great runs out of many other competitors, but on race day, um, the cards have fallen in in Jim's way, Um, and being a three-time PDRA world champion is something that nobody else can say back-to-back uh, back, back championships and it's on the mind of so many people um can he make it afford people uh, what has other teams done over the off season to better their program and and chase jim halsey um, i don't think it's due to lack of effort because a lot yeah. of guys have
1: definitely procured new new equipment and yep. people and and all sorts of stuff to try to catch him. I mean, he has he has a stranglehold on the class right now. Yeah,
3: like you said, you've got, what, Chris Reaney diving back in after taking a year off and running Big Dog last year. Jay Cox made a uh, an engine change to Musi uh, Power. I they think Tommy Franklin yeah, uh, and his uh, Marcus Butner, his teammate and sponsor, also ran well last year think he's back out there this year and uh, uh you can't ever leave out tommy franklin and i think those guys were were trying something uh, to your point about trying to to catch halsey you know they i think they went outside the box and were trying a lot of different things last year towards the end of the year it seems like they caught on something and may be strong to start this year
0: yeah and as we talked about i mean we always hear of, of jim halsey dominating, dominate do- and dominating but there's been a lot of other drivers and teams that have made really good runs i mean let's just for instance, let's talk about Mike Akenbach for a second. I mean, right. a guy yep. that um, is a really a strong runner. He's made very impressive runs. He made it to the winner circle last year in one of the most chaotic races that I've ever seen. Um, <laughs> I mean, you name it, it happened to Mike Akenbach. Uh, yeah,
3: that was pro. wild.
0: Um, and, I mean, it was, it was a, a very deserving win. So there are, there are teams that are out there that can definitely um, overcome. What what Jim the Jim Halsey stronghold on the class right now, um, but it, it's one of those things that when all the stars align and and I think hopefully we see that this year, um, and, and Tommy Franklin I know he is absolutely chomping at the bits to get that Jungle Rat Chevy back in the Winter Circle.
1: And I tell you when when Jim does happen to take an early exit, which only happened a couple of times, it almost becomes a free for all in the Pro Nitrous pits. Yes. I mean everybody really goes after it at that point because hey, this is our chance. You know, he's finally he got knocked off. So.
0: And one real quick I, I want to touch on is is Jason Harris. You know, of course, um, they made the switch to, to Pro Boost and their party time Camaro, they ended up selling that. Uh, and brought the big ball bar back out last year. And now they're
2: winning.
0: Of uh, Switzer Dynamics Pro Nitrous. So him and his dad, Bob. Um, I think they're going to be a name to be reckoned with. They made some nice runs last year. Um, and obviously they have some, some R and D and testing that they already have under their belt running big doll. Um, it's a little different animal over here, but Jason back when he was running pro nitrous full time, he was one of the top contenders. So there's a lot That's of names. Awesome. Uh, yeah. I mean, he's a, he's a former world champion. There's a lot of names that we cannot forget uh, that I think are going to bring something to the table this year um, because let's face it, everybody is after that one guy. And it's, and it's Jim Alzi. So you're going to see a lot of people swing for the fences.
2: Do you guys agree that like, there's no better motivation for some of these guys than being on the outside, looking in for a couple of years. Like you think about all correct. the dominance that, that Tommy Franklin has enjoyed and the last two years, kind of being like, I should be up on that stage. I should be mm-hmm. in that winter circle. I can't help, but feel he's headed into 2022 with an enormous chip on his shoulder. And that's dangerous, in- dangerous right, for correct. everybody else.
0: Correct. And, and, we get to analyze, I like, talked about our vantage point here in the tower. You get to see the raw emotion each and every pass out of these teams and crews that are on the starting line. When you see that number appear on the scoreboard and they're popping off a 365 or, or something that's very strong, you see that raw emotion because they're those that are back in the pit working round after round, pass after pass, weekend after weekend. Um, and to see the, the, the hard work pay off for these teams um, is awesome. So I think you're going to see some new winners this year. Ah, uh, first-time winners on tour, and new cars obviously that we haven't seen before. So the growth of PDRA and Pro nitrous overall is is, uh, and I'm excited for that uh, going into this weekend. Qualifying is definitely going to be interesting tomorrow.
2: I tend to agree, man. I think that Pro Nitrous, it's really something that the NH or excuse me, the PDRA should maybe, and not that they don't, but it's, it's such a unique animal right in the, yes, in the, world. the last like, place really
3: where that exists is that nitrous is, cars and, separate, you know, here in the Southeast and the Carolinas where you guys are right now, that's where, you know, nitrous cars were born and bred. And it's kind of the last, the last uh, stomping grounds for that type of car.
0: And I think Mike, you know, you know, it best obviously for for all the years that you've been around this with you and, you and your dad, of course, but when you when you think back to to early pro modified racing, nitrous. I mean, all these cars had nitrous. We didn't have pro chargers. We didn't have turbos. Um, a lot of these new power adding combinations weren't available then. So to still have pro mod nitrous racing around and so strong here in the P.D.R.A. is really cool. Because a, as a grassroots pro mod fan, um, you think to nitrous, and, and yeah. we still have that class here, and it's not going away. It's not dying. Um, and it's taken back off, and that's that's awesome. So
3: Amen, brother. As as Wes likes to say, <laughs> from your mouth to God's ears.
2: I, I think it's a fantastic thing, and I and I know that there's a it's like a highly controversial thing to talk about ProMod running all these cars and whatnot, and it and it is a fun thing for all of us to debate. But the fact of the matter is that I, I can't imagine the sport of drag racing without nitrous cars. I mean, I right. really can't. Like I, the drama, the visually The visual stimulation that comes from a nitrous car, like a pro mod nitrous car, a pro nitrous car, I think it's irreplaceable. It it stands alone, in my opinion, in the sport of drag racing between the purges, the header flames, the hood scoops, the sound, those behemoth 900 plus engines.
0: We'll we'll lead off with this is is I think, you know, you see those new combat and pro boosts, the pro chargers, the turbos. Uh, things like that, that we can run in that other class, you look at the numbers that they're turning, the elapsed times, but when you look at nitrous cars, uh, they're keeping up. You know, 365 in a nitrous car is huge. Um, so the the technology is just continuing to involve, and I like I said, it's not a dying class uh, by any means. I know some people think that, but it's not, and you come over here to the PDR and you, you see that, and there's enough cars to fill both classes. Um, I know last year, sometimes we didn't fill the Full fields, but this year rolling into race number one, we have full fields, so that's that's really good, and I hope it continues. Um, and I know we spent uh, you know probably a little too much time on one thing, and I want to roll into Pro Boost because um, that's another exciting growing class here at the PDRA. And talking about car counts, it's a full field this weekend, pre-entered. And Pro Boost. I wanna say there's over twenty years, so
1: some some guys won't actually get to even run.
3: So I mean Yeah, Pro Boost was great. looking strong all winter. The stuff we saw with new entries and, and all the hype going into that class kind of reminded me of what we talked about with Funny Car Top Fuel, where those classes are not, not necessarily having a resurgence, but just having a lot of new blood, a lot of interest on them. And I feel like Pro Boost is is really a strong class, especially with the addition of the Pro Chargers the last and couple of years. You, we uh
1: we had a tremendous points battle. In the twenty one season and it came down to the actual final round of the season. I mean how yep. cool is that? I mean it ended up getting that back. was wild. Yeah and you've got all the that- most of those guys coming back like Steading, weather Weatherford, Camp, they're all coming back. And then you have some new faces in the in the class. Eric Latino's here this weekend. Yeah. Uh, is are in here?
0: That's a huge name. Eric Latino, I mean a West, you guys know that. Obviously Mike, Mike and, and Nate um, Eric runs a lot of NHRA stuff, um, the, the Decker family, they're, you know, they're uh, no, no stranger to, to pro mod racing. So to have those names here, um, that's awesome. And, and I, I want new blood. I want new names. I, I you know, new sponsors to come in. Um, and that's what it's all about, you know, so it sounds are, like a
2: big influx of cars from Canada now that yeah. the border is open. Yeah. Uh, and I think that that's a worthy point to make a little we'll wait on this, uh, wicked awesome burnout. Um, <laughs>
0: well, I mean, I talking about, you know, uh, talking about our, our, neighbors to the North, the Canadians. I mean, we have one of them right up right now testing. So, um, I mean, we have, I believe five, at least five drivers that are here from Canada. Um, and it's, it's no easy drive uh, coming across the border all the way down here to North Carolina. So you, you you know factor in the cost of fuel right now, the cost of parts, how hard it is to get parts right now. Um, it's it just again goes to show that people are committed in supporting the PDRA and they want a place to race. So um, and and I think they want to race in a in a organization that has really uh, strong um, competition. And when you park your car in a winner's circle at a PDRA race, you know that you worked, you worked for it. Um, it wasn't given to you. You have to run strong. You have to run fast. And you're making A to B runs each and every time you come to the starting line. So that's awesome. And I really hope to see um, our, our you know, Canadian friends run well this weekend. Um, I think
2: you're going to see – Like I, I think the PDRA, by all accounts, has established itself as – this ultimate proving ground for the outlaw door slammer. Right. And I think that to your point, Derek, if you, if you've got a a PDRA trophy, if you've been in the winner's circle at a PDRA national event, that is a, an accomplishment that you can hang your hat on. You know what I mean? That is something that will last you a lifetime. Right. I mean, I can point to my old man, my dad getting the job done with, uh, uh, Justin Kirk last year at at Bowling Green, Kentucky, the, the big door slammer derby there. And it was like that was a crowning achievement for him. And a guy who's done a whole lot of racing and right. been all over creation racing, yeah. that was such a massive, monumental moment for him. Uh, so you're exactly right, man. The PDRA, I honestly think, has done a tremendous job nurturing their talent. Really... <laughs> Giving these guys an opportunity to go head-to-head with the best in the world, pro-level outlaw drag racing. It's an incredible thing. And I, I do want to just say amongst the group here, kudos to all these – thank you to all these racers that made this toe. I mean this is a yeah, wild absolutely. world we're living in, right? And whenever Nate and I were in the green room getting ready for the show an hour ago – I mean that was what he, that's what he was saying. Like, dude, this is like incredible. The amount of cars here, the energy on the property is palpable. The there, there's, there's, it's the pits are packed full of people. And personally, I I say this a lot, but I mean it. Like, my heart swells with pride. You know what I'm saying? Like, I
0: mean, it, it's so
2: cool to see this many people willing to put them, you know, put it on the line, spend this kind of money, travel internationally to go drag racing. I think we all get a little bit like numb to that like desensitized to like this is a big deal people are driving across international borders with trucks and trailers paying five six dollars a gallon for diesel to go drag racing this is awesome
0: yeah i mean there's there's a high level of commitment that they've made to get here and i think too is when when you show up at a pdra national event show up here is there is no better feeling than rolling around the corner into the water box here at Galat on a qualifying session or race day and seeing a couple thousand people uh, in the stands along the fence. And Galad is always one of our best races uh, with, with spectators. It draws in a great crowd here at Galat It's a really supportive uh, motorsports community, community around uh, Benson. And I mean, I know people drive a couple hours even to get here to come watch pro modified racing. That's another thing you hear about. I mean, Man, if you don't have fuel cars, if you don't have this or that, uh, fans aren't going to show up. No, these are grassroots drag racing fans that love pro modified racing. Um, and and we're sitting here on the tower on on race day, and you're watching, you know, two or three people deep along the fence, uh, out, you know, 400 feet down the racetrack. They're, they've got. I mean, people. Heck, last year he had a guy proposing to his wife in the stands. You know, he was so excited <laughs> to bring his wife to a drag race. I mean, <laughs> I bet
2: she was thrilled. Uh, yeah.
0: She was. We might have embarrass her a little bit in front of everybody, but uh, those are it's it's memories that are made with families um, that that are you know you can last a lifetime. And going back here to Pro Mo, or Pro Boost real quick is talking about new blood, new new faces, new names. Um, I I don't want to miss out on the fact that that Preston Tanner they have worked so hard um, over the the course of the inception of their program. They bought a couple different cars and so forth, and then they really found their direction of what they wanted to go. And, you know, a lot, of, a lot of people think of, you know, you get out of junior dragsters and you go to like a super comp car and you work your way up. Well, we've, we've seen a little bit of change over the years. I mean, I, I started myself there um, at drag race since I was eight, did the, did the super comp car and so forth. Well, a lot of the kids now are, are going into different things, whether it's top dragster or top sportsman, right, to pro mod. But Tam, uh, Preston, he's impressed me for a couple different reasons. The, the kid is really smart and, and mature. Um, he got behind the wheel of this car. And obviously, it's a lot of horsepower. It's a lot of car to handle. And every pass that I've seen him go down the racetrack, he's used his head, um, and he's drove really, really smart. Um, and I think as a newcomer in the class, a lot of veterans look at that. Uh, who are they lining up next to? Um, is this kid gonna just drive, you know, drive this thing, uh, regardless? Like he stole of wall,
2: it. Yeah, wall right.
0: to wall, and, and not care. Um, no, he's he's came about it in a in a really smart um sure <clears throat> way and his dad of course and his mom and Lexi it's a great family operation they've worked tirelessly to get where they're at and they've they've tried a couple different combinations and so forth and this year is huge for them I think because um they've got obviously um Todd Tuttero uh power and getting Jeff Pierce on board again to help tune that car and I guarantee a that name, Preston Tanner, is going to be a name you're going to see in the winner's circle this year. Um, that's going to be a new, new first-time winner here on tour in in Pro Boost. That's a bold prediction. I love yeah. it. That's yeah. a good, that's I
2: love that. Sure. That's a bold Nate. Yeah, yeah it, it feels <laughs> like you're holding on for dear life. Um, so oh,
4: oh. I don't have the best <laughs> technical setup here. Uh, <laughs> it's working. We'll, we'll work on that for the next one. My uh, my computer's uh, in use in the other room. Um, but Nate, I want to
0: get on that real quick is, is you cover these races, um, you know, day in and day out. You're, you're the one staying after the race on Saturday night, putting press releases together, talk to people a lot. You hear what's going on in the pit area. I mean, what's your opinion on that? I mean, you've talked to Preston and, and his family a lot.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> that's a family that, that they've been involved in the Peter since the beginning. Um, you know, I know one year, uh, several years ago, Preston and and his sister, Lexi, they won uh, junior dragster world championships together the same year. Um, and, you know, Lexi, she's racing in pro 632 this year. I'm sure she's going to have a really great year as well. Um, but like you said, they've, they've just, uh, you know, they've been refining their, their program over the last couple of years. And I think they're to a point now where, where they're really going to, you know, kind of, um, take advantage of, of everything that they've, they've been working on.
0: Absolutely. And, and I think too, is, is you see the media coverage that PDRA gets, and it, it just pushes people more and more to want to be, you know, in that winner's circle to, to get on the, you know, in drag illustrated or the various media outlets that we have. And again, I mean, it, as a reward, as a, as a rookie in the class, um, And I think there's a lot of marketing potential too. I I, I don't want to miss that is the media coverage that we get here at PDRA, the fan, the amount of fans that we get in the stands and the, the, you know, you look at the facilities that we go to, um, they're virtually all racetracks that have an NHRA national event or an NHRA divisional event of some, of some kind. So they're high level facilities um, that are very suitable, condonable to, to these pro modified cars. So um, I think from a marketing standpoint too, is, um, Preston. And a lot of these new guys in this class are very marketable people, um, because they are racing with best of the best.
2: I, what do you, what can you guys say? I know that, uh, I think we got to take this opportunity as often as we can in all the different venues you guys are going to travel to in 2022. What can you say about Galat Motorsports Park? Like, I, I think that that, what, what is there a just watching you guys and this morning getting ready for this show and seeing all the shots of the track, and we're moving the camera around trying to figure out how we're going to do this. And I was just reminded this is like the Taj Mahal of eighth mile drag strips. It's almost unbelievable. Stadium style bleachers, incredible. I mean, fast Wi Fi. I mean, even that is incredible. <laughs> yeah, the
3: fact that we can you know? even do this show is a miracle.
2: It yep, really yep. is, and I think we got to give those guys a, a, you know, a hand, a tip of the cap, because that, it's no small investment they've made in the sport of drag racing, and they've made a significant impact, especially out on the East Coast. The, obviously, there's drag strips everywhere in North Carolina and South Carolina, but Galat Motorsports Park, in my opinion, stands pretty much alone as a world class eighth mile drag racing facility. I it's don't know what It's almost like it was purpose
3: built to me. It's like when you walk in there, it's like this place was purpose built for a PDRA race. It's yeah. like that was in mind whenever they renovated yeah. and, and redid that whole facility because that facility has been around for, I don't know, 50 years oh. and it recently was renovated to be what it is now. And it, we've yeah. talked about this on the show a lot is that, and, and you named all some of the tracks and your partners that you guys, uh, the, the tracks that you guys go to throughout the year are all well-run facilities run by people and families that care. And that makes such a difference. And that translates so well to what PDRA is all about.
0: And I want to take a minute on this is let's, let's think, because you, you just let, uh, said something, Mike, and, and I think Scotty, you, you'll appreciate this. Cause back in the day, I mean, Scotty's family used to own a race. I mean, they still do, but you grew up at a racetrack and you know what it takes to run a racetrack day in and day out. But what is cool is the PDRA is, is family owned and, it's a huge family here at the PDR. The family aspect is is very obvious. Um, it, it's not hidden. And look at the facilities that we go to: Motor Motorsports Park, family owned; uh, Virginia Motorsports Park, family owned; uh, Summit Motorsports Park, family owned. It's um, uh, no coincidence.
3: To, uh,
4: Beach MIR, Bend
0: MIR yeah. back to being family owned. So you know the uh, Beach Bend. You can't you can't forget that you know them and and how how many years um, that it is, it has been family owned down there and just the history of, of that place. So a lot of really cool tracks that we go to that each and in, in their own aspect have something unique about them. But what brings it all together, um, is it all, it's all family. It's family owned. It's one big family. Um, and it's not some big corporate driven facilities too. So that's really cool. And going back and I know you guys will, uh, be able to touch on this is that it's, we always talk about supporting local businesses supporting things with, within the industry and i love nothing more than supporting family owned businesses and that's what we bring here to the pdra so i think it's it's really cool it's something that maybe not a lot of people have ever thought about or look at that aspect um, but it just it just adds on the the uniqueness of what we have here
2: i couldn't agree more man and it's well said very very well said and i just want to interject here briefly and say that you guys are killing it so take me off the screen, JT. They see me enough. <laughs> they, 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 people see me enough. No, I, it's seriously, you guys are doing a fantastic job and I appreciate you guys doing this. And it's I honestly think this is going to be a, a significant thing you know, as we continue to move forward with this program and do more and more episodes of these shows. You guys are doing a fantastic job. I don't want to force the issue, Scotty and Derek, but how big a talk is extreme pro stock? <laughs> I mean, Holy crap. It's, I don't it's know that. The it's, talked
1: about all, don't it's you
2: think it's the hottest thing all absolutely, winter? Absolutely. And, and here early in the, in the, in the season, I think it's been the hottest topic when it comes to PDRA.
1: And I tell you, being an older drag racing fan, it does nothing but warm my heart to see that class come back, man. Just, that's what we grew up watching back in the, you know, the Ricky Smith days and all that stuff. It's a
3: purist, man. It's a, it's a purist uh, class for sure.
1: Absolutely. But, you know, and it's, it's awesome here this weekend with the amount that have, sh- have shown up to race. And that just that just that just makes it all show up and, and worthwhile because we hear about a lot of things, you know, but to see it actually come through and they're all here. It's like, oh, well, wow, this is going to be this is going to be one for the ages, I think.
2: They're and gonna I, steal the show. Mark my well, words, I, part they're part gonna of, steal the show this weekend. That's my that and there's cars that aren't that are coming that aren't ready yet, right? No, so I mean and, you've got 15 on the property this weekend, from what I understand.
0: Correct. Yeah. And I, I think I mean I, I would be hard pressed to say that we're not gonna have a full field. I, I think um we will have sixteen cars. It I was, might be wrong. It, it was fifteen last night, I've been so wrong before we're set, you know.
1: Um
0: and I wanna see that because Mountain Motor Pro Stock Racing has been around for so long, Wes. You can you can speak to it better than I can. Um, I mean, you Probably lived not. it uh, growing up and everything. But <laughs> it is literally, I mean, it is uh, just grassroots racing—a clutch pedal, shifting gears, um, and and it's it hasn't changed much over the year. Yeah, the chassis have you know evolved. It evolves, yeah, but- And stuff like that. But when you get down to the mechanicals um, of it, it is still a clutch car with a shifter and a no driver. power
3: adder, no power adder. And I mean, old, wrap your head old, around, I mean, it's, it's the classic thing. There's no, re, there's no replacement for displacement. When God that,
2: dreamt up drag racing, that's he Mount was motor thinking about Mo, Mount motor pro stock, yes. right? I mean, it was on day eight. I think he took a break on day seven, right? Rested in day eight, dived right into drag racing. And I think the first order of business was Mountain Motor Pro Stock, and you're exactly right, man. These cars are badass. People sleep on the fact that these are 800-inch mics saying, like, these things burn gasoline. No alcohol, no nitro, no nitrous oxide, no pro charger, no turbos, nothing. Pure horsepower. And the fact that these cars run bottom fours and will undoubtedly be in the threes, I think on a relatively consistent basis at some point in the next few years, it's unbelievable. Even with a clutch manually shifted, they're aggressively geared. I mean, those things got the wheels up when they're grabbing second. And I mean, it's a nasty nasty class. It's a driver's class. And again, it's another the the PDRA has been lucky to have several of these jewels in in the treasure chest but i really think right now last year i think i would have pointed to like pro 632 as being this something that people are sleeping on like this is such an incredible category and it still is pro boost is fantastic pro nitrous is too but if i had to say what i was most excited about for the PDRA in in 22 it's definitely extreme pro stock they are they've got a monster in that class and you guys are exactly right it's so awesome to see it uh, re- rejuvenated the way that it has been in recent years.
0: And re- I mean, rejuvenate is a perfect word. And, and what I want to say is like, there's a trend. So the trend, you know, back in the 80s and 90s was IHRA Mount motor pro stock racing. And, and it kind of died off um, uh, going into the 2000s, I believe, and, and things. And then it is, it has been, it's been here at the PDRA, but it hasn't taken off like it has this year. And, um, you know, you obviously seen an NHRA run. Uh, they, they did some exhibition stuff with quarter mile, Mount Motor Pro Stock Racing uh, starting last year, year before or something, um, and this year I don't know what happened over the off season, but there has been some marketing partners, some social media outlets, and stuff that I think has pushed and and worked hard to get the to get it to where it's at. And there's obviously phones are ringing and uh, people are calling each other, and, and there has been just something that is just re, reborn, like give it rebirth. Um, and you've got cars that haven't been out in two to three years, have been sitting on projects and people all of a sudden are said, we're putting our stuff together and we're coming out and racing. And that's awesome. I love that. Um,
2: I'm not going to say this selfishly and I'll wait for this burnout here. I'm obviously biased. However, how much in this and maybe call me crazy. But I think when you see some good old boys wearing Dickies work shirts and carpenter jeans and Red Wing work boots win a PDRA national event, I really do. I point to Buck Brothers Racing winning the demo, the, the, not demo derby, the door slammer <laughs> derby. At, uh, they've won a couple of those, too, over the years. But I really do. I think those stories, when they can do it, these guys run a repair shop. Right. These are some Sorry. mechanics. They still got their work shirts on and they came out there and went to battle with the Johnny Placinos and the John Monte Calvos and and got the deal done. Well, and the next s- thing I know, I see Tony Gillick showing up. Yeah. Right. Because I know that had to remind him, like, man, if those guys are doing it, we can do it. And, you know, it's no secret that that's done on a shoestring. It's done on a very modest budget. And I think that we need more of those underdog stories because it kind of just it plants a seed in people, especially those people you're talking about that have a car. Or have the stuff to do it but have just been kind of on the outside looking in or feeling like they didn't have a chance to be competitive against the larger better funded teams yeah. it, but, it, but you're I mean the Buck Brothers is a perfect example
3: that's an older car older combination and like you said Derek cars sitting on projects that have been racing two or three years can get their stuff together and come and be competitive that yeah. you can't say that about really any other heads up door slammer class you if you leave a pro nitrous car sitting on jacks for 2 years you might as well like throw it away because everything else has changed well the
2: next the time out you you need to race stock I
0: think I think it too is is what helps that class is that you can you can have a good chassis you can have a good competitive car park it um for you know whatever funding issues or or whatever you just want to go a different way you want to take some time away from racing um, and come back and still be competitive. I mean, let's just say this: you take two to three years off of NHRA Pro Mod, uh, PDRA Pro Nitrous, Pro Boost, and you bring that same stuff out. You're lucky to qualify. And so, what I like about the class, it's not dominated by electronics and power adders. So again, it's it's grassroots horsepower. And yeah, I mean, I mean, parts, you know, are evolving and stuff, but you can still be somewhat competitive with stuff that are treated. and the guy that loads his stuff up is coming out to test and, and hasn't been out in a while, still has hope. And, I mean, that's huge. I, I, I don't think I would want to show up to a race and no, right away. I don't have. There is no no way that we're going to be competitive this weekend. No, you can still be competitive. It's, it's not a, well, that
3: keeps powered. a lot of pro mod cars on on Projax, like you said, because that's Aren't the they? problem in a lot of those classes. But because, I mean, I, like you said, it, it's evolved, and I think the technology has evolved incrementally. But it's still at the base of it, clutch uh, activated, manually shifted, and it's a driver's class. All those things, and no power adders. All those things go together to make it, uh, you know have longer, longer longevity for the parts and pieces that you've got to put into these things.
1: Well, Wes, you brought up Gillig, and I think it was here last year that he went quite a few rounds. Maybe he made it to the finals. I don't remember, but he certainly he he wasn't won the race car on the property. He yeah, won he the won
2: the deal. And I'm going to tell you right now, yeah. I think Tony Gillig's the best driver, one of the best drivers in all of drag racing. Certainly one of the best drivers, if not the best driver in extreme pro stock. And that dude's going to be a problem. Uh, yeah. for everybody this year. I mean, and it's,
1: I, it's not cubic dollars. It's not. He wasn't the fastest car by any means for the weekend, but he was doing his job on the starting line and getting it done, you know?
2: It's, it's a fantastic, and I know an argument can be made. Like, I've had conversations with people from other walks of the racing life who are quick to point out, like, man, those cars are running the same as they were 10 years ago. But I try to remind people, we're not in Bonneville. That's kind of a good thing. That's, 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 I think that's the magic of it. I that's really do. What I think we're saying that right that's... Now. That's what is so special about it, and I think sometimes classes evolve so quickly. I mean, if you think about how far Pro Nitrous has come, I mean, I remember when Shannon Jenkins went 399 with a two down the right-hand lane there in Valdosta, Georgia, at South Georgia Motorsports Park, and it set the world on fire. I mean, it was like nobody's ever going to go faster than that. That's that 16 I mean, years ago. Yeah, shit was flying out of that thing, right? I mean, it was like exactly. parts and pieces were coming out the headers.
0: I mean, we had to take Al Tucci out on a stretcher. I mean, he almost fell over from heart attack. Right. I
2: mean, it was a bonkers moment. And then you fast forward to today where, like, no one's really surprised if Jim Halsey cracks off a 359 right i mean four gave us a great
3: stat the other day wes if you remember in the time period since uh first pro stock car or mountain motor pro stock car went a four flat or whatever it was however many years ago pro nitrous has lowered their bar four tenths of a second in that time so in that same time period where these guys are still working to crack it below that four second barrier pro nitrous is almost a half a second quicker than it used to be
0: well and talk about like veterans and, and you know just some really cool names in the category we're talking about Tony Gillig, and, and of course Chris Powers is back trying to you know defend a world championship um and they had just a they had truly a special season for so many reasons they ran some really good um elapsed times but they were racing for a purpose last year and of course that was for for late Sonny Leonard and and they accomplished that that goal that dream that they had um and that was just so special um and, and then of course to see you know at the banquet to see him um get crowned to that championship it, it really meant a lot but Let's talk about if we're talking about true veterans of Mount Motor Pro Stock racing, there is two names that you cannot leave out, and that is Roy Hill and John Monacavo. You got John Monacavo, a former world champion, um, Roy Hill, everything that he's done in Mount Motor Pro Stock racing over the years, and they have combined forces. and And maybe it, that it was those two names together. I probably would have never thought that they would have teamed up.
3: Seems like uh, oil and water.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, and but it's really cool, and, and I think they bring a lot to the table. And Roy, Roy has always been a Ford guy with Ford factory backing and so forth. He has a good relationship all the way dates back to the Petties um, and and everything that, that he got to do to get his drag racing career started um, and and work up to where he is today. Uh, but he's always been a Ford guy, and then John Monacavo, virtually, I mean, he's always. Really, that I remember drove Chevys, um, and and I think back to the day it was the Ditko colors uh, of the Cobalt that he's winning World Championships with. Uh, and then he had the newer Camaro uh, that he got rid of, and and now he is behind the wheel of Roy's Ford. Uh, and we got to think back that car that John is running this year uh, did well in an NHRA Mountain Motor Pro Stock racing with Mike Well behind him. So. I know that John got a hold of it, took it to his shop up in New York, um, probably put it, uh, a few of his touches on it. They're, they're out here testing today. But I think that is another name um, and team that is going to do big things this year.
2: I agree, man. And it is an interesting thing. I think there's a lot of fun storylines to watch when there's things like this, because I think about John Monacalvo as an extremely, uh, I mean, autonomous guy, right? right. Very successful has his own business and has always owned his own equipment, has always been able to, you know, drive it like he stole it if he so chose, right? Because it's his stuff. And I'm anxious to see how John adapts to a situation where essentially he's a hired gun driver. And he's Correct. clearly got he's clearly got the ability to live up to that title, but it is a different thing. And when you've seen John Monacalvo have all the success that he has, he's been on the cover of Drag Illustrated, he's won multiple world championships – will he have to change the way he does anything? How will he respond to having a, a team owner or a, a, a cohort I guess at, that, that could give some feedback and we all know Uncle Roy is capable of giving some feedback <laughs> so I think it's it's going to be a fun storyline to watch but I agree 100% Derek he, that they will, uh, they will definitely be a threat.
1: Earlier. He made a test run earlier and he's not missing a beat I can tell you that. He was right there pulling a quicker up upset. set. <laughs>
0: And and then real quick is is I think too, as we're talking about all these new names and and faces, but there's a three car team and and it's almost, you know, like the elites of the world. How many cars are these, are they fielding three cars in an extreme pro stock team is huge. Um, Kurt neighbor. That's a big name that you've, you've heard around Um, Mount motor pro stock racing. Derek Reese, Mike Reese, that's a family operation. They're all three teamed up this year. Um, And, and of course, Mike and Derek, a little bit newer to the, to the category, but Cal um, Harrison has, you know, took over the tuning duties. And I think that is just, it's truly special because obviously you, you follow drag racing, um, you know about what happened to, to Cal a few years ago and his devastating crash. And it was a guy that virtually overcame and won. Uh, and um, it, it was not a good situation that, that he was in. And he has worked so hard mentally and physically, to get where he's at. And, you know, I, I think it's there's no better therapy or rehabilitation in any way, regardless of how many years ago the crash was, to get out here and tune three race cars. Um, and they have a great tuner. Cal, kno- uh, Cal knows what he's doing. And he was successful when he was behind the wheel. So um, those are three names with Kurt Neighbor, Derek Reese, Mike Reese, that you're going to have to watch for. Um, going into qualifying starting tomorrow,
2: I'm excited for Kale, man. I've known Kale Aronson for I've met Kale in like 2004, maybe. So it's been a long time, and he's got a storied history. He's obviously the his father uh, had enormous success success in Mount Motor Pro Stock uh, Drag Racing. Uh, multi-time world champion, if I am correct, and and Kale <laughs> followed in his father's footsteps with a Mustang, with a Ford, with a Cosi powered, but he went the route of Outlaw Ten Five. It's been a while since we've thrown that around, right? Uh, PDRA actually responsible for basically bringing it back right now in Super Street, but Kale made a hell of a run in Outlaw Ten Five, won multiple races, was a, a a multi-time winner within the Clash of the Titans series in the Midwest, and. Moved into Mountain Motor Pro Stock with a Kazi power plant, and to your point, Derek had a very tragic accident that uh, ended up uh, derailing his driving career. But it's so good—it's so good to see him back out here on the Outlaw Eighth Mile, doing uh, doing what he does, and, and lending an ear and offering his tuning expertise and overall program operation expertise. To uh, to that new team, uh, it's going to be fun to watch those guys this year. And great, he's a personality too. Not at all afraid to say what he thinks. Um, puts himself out there. He'll be a great addition to the class, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I mean, and there's a lot of you know as, as the the episodes go on throughout the year, as we talked about at the beginning of the show, eight episodes uh, that we we have on tap this year with pdra Live, and I can't wait to get some uh, people on and, and talk with him. And, and he's definitely going to be. Uh, and. As we let's let's roll into six thirty two. I don't want to forget about that class. It's it's a it's a class that is definitely up and coming. Um, and it's a class that we have seen as I wouldn't say so much an entry level class. We got some really good cars, really good drivers. We've seen but we've seen people graduate out of there. I mean, Camry Caruso, for example, came out of six thirty two. She's in pro stock now. And that is a team. I mean, I, I just want to hit on. Camry Peruso has been running really well in the NHRA. Jimmy they're Hader, the real deal,
3: yeah. Um, no doubt. And her
0: dad, and that's another thing. You're talking about their engine program. I mean, they it, back a couple years ago um, when when the Gray family, I believe, it was running their running their engine combinations. Um, it's it set for a couple years, and I'm like, man, wonder what they're gonna be like. Wonder if, how far are they behind the curve, and they came out swinging. Um, and she's done very well. So hats off to her. Uh, and the powerful Tools team—that's what we want to see—and that's—and I think it's—it's it's, there is—it just goes to show you can progress out of that class and do some really good things. Dylan Boss this year moved up to the uh, Pro Stock ranks
1: here in the PDR yeah. from 632. West so. Destefano, uh,
0: he <laughs> you know, champion—he's into Pro Nitrous now, so uh, it's cool and it's bringing in new blood. Uh, and that's another thing you talk about is look at the performance out of a 632 cubic inch engine. That these cars are running, it's bananas. Insane. Bananas. Yeah. Um, and you, you talk about engine builders, and I think that you look at NHRA Pro Stock and engine builders. It's kind of the engine builder battle in 632. You're pushing so much horsepower out of that 632 cubic inch engine, um, and there's a lot, of, you know, a lot of different engine builders out there. And... I know a guy that's really committed right now is Phil Oakley of Oakley Performance down there in Kentucky. I think they're throwing a lot of their engine combinations. They've been growing their business over the past couple of years. And, of course, Lexi Tanner is running, running one of their motors, um, and they've done a lot more testing. So I think going into the 632 category, Lexi Tanner is going to be a big name to watch uh, with veterans like Daryl Stewart and Chris Holder. Um, she's going to be mixing it up. Amber Franklin.
2: I was just getting ready to say Power. we cannot leave out. And how cool is it? <laughs> I'm not – we're we're actually just a couple of weeks away from uh, dropping the latest issue. We just dropped a new issue of Drag Illustrated today, but we're not too far away from our annual Women of Power issue. And it just reminds me of how incredibly lucky we are as a sport to enjoy the diversity that we do. I mean, no other motorsport and no. no other sport, in my opinion, enjoys – this kind of parody amongst men and women young and old. It, it's uh, it's a really incredible thing. And to have Amber Franklin and Lexi Tanner diving into Pro 632 this year, obviously Amber's got uh some belt. But that's just gonna be a fun storyline to watch this year in my opinion.
0: And you gotta remember that Amber Franklin only raced, I think it was two or three races last two year. Races. She, she came two at races. the end of the year and they ran really well. I know that uh when I was talking to Tommy um you know they threw that combination together, um, kind of blindfolded. He went to Pat. Pat said, "Let's try this, this, and this." Um, I know they were they were going through some current converter issues, uh, just because of the power they were putting down, and they were trying to different converter combinations. They've already been out testing. Uh, because they own a racetrack. Let's be let's face it; um, it's easy <laughs> to test. Uh, but no, I think she she has a lot to prove in many ways, and uh, I think her and Lexi are they're looking to uh, just flat out. Uh, kick the guys' ass this year at 632. A- and right. that's going to be cool to see. I mean, you
1: say she has a lot to prove. She's, she's had the car out twice and made two final round appearances. So, I mean, that's that's a pretty good start to, to get the job done. But, I mean, you can't let, you know, Phil, or not Phil Stewart, Stewart and Holdorf, the veterans of the class, I, there's been some rejuvenation in Holdorf's camp. He started coming on strong at the end of, the, of uh, last year. And Stewart with, with uh, Clayton Murphy and Chassis Engineering, they have been really so- good. Yeah, yes, they've really up good amazing numbers. So I think it's going to be an exciting and year in 632.
4: You're still going to have uh shameless racing, you know. They're they brought on uh Walter Lanigan to drive, <laughs> you know, that, that's that car is going to be another threat. Uh, you know, world record setter, multi time champion, uh, they're they're going to be in that mix as well.
0: And Walter Lanigan is a really good driver. I mean, so you put that combination with Walter behind the wheel. And it could be the same situation that we've seen last year with Wes Destefano. I mean, parking that thing in the winter circle um, numerous times. So a lot of, again, good competition, a lot of good teams uh, that are worth that are effort and, and coming over here to try that class out. And I'm sure there's going to be new faces, uh, new names, new cars and so forth. But Wes, I want to hit again on, on the diversity here in the PDRA and the diversity starts uh, I think all the way, now, all the way down in junior dragsters, um, and we have seen an influx of, you know, females getting involved in drag racing. And it goes all the way from junior dragsters all the way to, to NHRA, uh, top fuel and funny car and so forth. And you, you, see, you see those professional drivers, and they, you look up to them. They become your, your heroes, your, your mentors and things like that. Um, and I think that, again, has transpired over here. We have females in the PDRA that I, that junior dragster drivers look up to. The Melanie Salimis of the world, the Amber Franklins, you know, because she's seen them. They graduated out of juniors. They're in big cars now. Um, the Ricky Molnars, I mean, she killed it last year and top sportsman as, as well. I mean, top dragster, excuse me. Um And just like Camry Caruso, as I talked about, started in juniors, worked her way up. She's done a lot of things, ran an A fuel car and and pro mods and whatever. And now she's found a home in pro stock. But um, that's what I love to see is new blood, new faces, the diversity here. um, And it's not one sided. Um,
2: Those success stories are very valuable, right? I mean, if you're a young kid, I mean, and I I don't mean to make too crazy of an analogy here, but I mean, it's there's the numbers are so big like if you're dribbling a basket if you're 10 years old and you're dribbling a basketball in your driveway right now let's be honest I mean you're a one in a bazillion that you're going to play in the NBA yeah. right nope. but if you're a kid in the pits right now of the PDRA national event at- <laughs> and you're racing junior dragster it is not that much of a stretch to think that you're going to be rolling out there under the lights in a few years or in five years. I mean, that's an incredible thing. Those success stories, they're they're everywhere. Sean Langdon, J.R. Todd, Erica Enders. I mean, as you mentioned, all throughout the PDRA and other sanctions and series, there are innumerable examples of kids who started out in juniors and worked their way up the ladder and are now household names in the sport of drag racing. So it's an incredible point, man, and I, I don't think that we can talk about it really enough. Uh, cause it's an inspiring thing. And I hope more people, you know, see that as like, Hey, there's not a whole lot of other sports where that, that Ascension is, is there for the taking.
0: We were at a race last year and I, I remember Scott, this is distinctly remember this because Scott and I looked at each other and I had to pick his jaw up off the ground. But, um, I do that multiple times. Throughout <laughs> the weekend, but, um,
4: and
2: you got to touch that goatee. Uh, yeah, it's, like, yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, it's better than the bald head, but anyways, um, it was, in Pro Junior Dragster, 16 spots were separated by six thousandths of a second. And you talk about how close the, the racing is in our professional categories. That will make your head spin. 16 cars within six thousandths of a second, and numerous kids didn't make the show. They were back on the trailer, loaded up. And so, yeah, it's sucks not to be able to race on race day. And, and it's tough because... The thing about drag racing is there's only one winner. It's not a huge team effort that all the, all the boys and all the girls are out there on the uh, their basketball team or football team or whatever. It is solely you, the driver, you are going to make or break that run and turn on a wind light or not. Um, so it, it, you, it instills upon you in a young age sportsmanship um, and just shows that it's not easy out here. And, that was just really cool to see how close that that field was. And another thing is, we talk about all these sponsors that are coming into BDRA, um, the professional categories, and, and all this stuff. Well, let it not forget is the the junior dragster drivers are getting great publicity and coverage through social media and print media and so forth. And they have eight sponsorship deals. Uh, and and I want to like I know that Courtney Anders last year put a lot of effort into into the two junior dragster categories. She kind of rallied everybody up. Um, parents got on board and there was some specific marketing directed towards the junior dragster classes. And next thing you know, um, three or four of them inked legitimate sponsorship deals. And they are out marketing and branding companies out there um, and they are getting a lot of coverage out of it. So it shows that um, it is possible that you can represent a business, um, whether it be within industry or outside of industry, non-motorsports related, and get good media coverage out of it here at the PDRA.
2: I agree 100%, man. And if nothing else, no matter what happens in those young uh, men and women's lives as far as racing – those experiences, that being humbled, the way that drag drag racing will, will so frequently humble you, it, it's an experience that will pay dividends for the rest of their lives. And dealing with those companies, and being in front of a camera, and having to kind of play the part, right? It's such a valuable experience, and it's it's cool that the PDRA has put together a place that really fosters that. That yeah, those that kids. The PDRA
3: is the best place in the country to race a junior dragster. No, no one question. treats their no juniors doubt. better than the Franklin family and the PDRA. And it really starts with, you know, I think from the time the PDRA was formed, that that was at the forefront of what they were wanting to do. And being a family operation themselves, they kind of brought that to the table. And I think that it's paying dividends. The things you just said, the attention, the media coverage, the sponsorships. I mean, cars going home, kids loading up and not qualifying and going home and Junior Dragster, where else do you see that? And so I really think that it's it's seeds that were planted a long time ago that are paying off for the PDRA and the Junior Dragster competitors.
0: And, Nate, I want to touch, like, you obviously going back to, to what you do with the PDRA and, and covering it from the media standpoint for Drag Illustrated, you do those interviews, you're down there in the water circle seeing those kids, seeing their parents, and, I mean, just – from your standpoint um, it's got to be special it, because there's a lot of raw emotion there to, to watch your kid standing on the starting line and seeing your kid win a PDRA national event. There's tears flowing. Um, there's a, there's raw emotion. You're not hiding that and to see a kid hoist up a six sixty man in the, in the winter circle, there's nothing else like it.
4: Yeah. And, and uh, you know, to the point of, of the, the challenge of, of going home early, not qualifying or losing first round, you know, you're not making a, a 30 minute trip home. These are, these are kids and families that, that travel from all over the country to be at these races. Um, you know, some of them are, are Pro Mod racers that are racing, you know, the moms or dads are racing and they, they throw the junior in the trailer, but there are also a lot of families that, that load up the junior dragster or a couple of them and, and they travel all over the country. And this is a nationally touring, uh, series, you get to race for a world championship, which is another huge draw. Um, there, there's a lot on the line and, and it's, um, you know, it's, it's proven that it, that it's a a deal that works because so many of the names we've talked about today came out of the junior dragster ranks. Um, you know, Amber Franklin, the Tanners, um, even people behind the scenes like Evan Salemi and, uh, and Todd or Ty Tudrow, um, you know it's it's a great proving ground whether you want to become a driver or or on the mechanical side and just
2: learn the nuances of our sport right it's such a mm-hmm. it's such a valuable experience and i want to just take a quick moment to echo those sentiments but just remind people that these these truly are our sport's next generation right and it's i can't count the number of times i've i've heard somebody say what are they running these things for we got you know man, it's the absolute wrong approach. We have to cheer these kids on. We have to high-five them. We have to encourage them because God forbid they do something else. God forbid they take up traveling baseball or soccer or something (laughs) horrific like that. I mean, we need them to do this and we need them to feel good about it. So I I challenge everybody this weekend and every weekend, you see a kid in in a fire suit, fist bump them, pat them on the helmet, wish them good luck, be up there, watch uh, and support what they're doing because we, our sport badly needs them. Think about where drag racing would be right now without second and third generation racers, right? Right. I mean, mean, we may not have any.
0: Exactly. And, and like, as we're talking about evolving and and doing new things, just like PDRA life, what I think is really cool. we, We found a sponsorship we brought back is the top end zone this year. So you know, if you're watching, if, if you can't huge. make it, and, and you're sitting at home or at work or whatever, um, and if you're at work, you're definitely not getting anything done. Um, but I hope you're getting paid. But um, <laughs> that's I,
3: basically how we do things here at Drag Illustrated. We yes. try to just get paid. You're <laughs> um, speaking and our language done. right
2: now. Yeah. <laughs>
0: but no, I mean, the top end zone grabs that raw emotion when you get out of the car and you win that, and you turn on that wind lighter. You park it in the winner circle in the final round. Nothing is better than being down. Um, there and watching those guys get out of the guys and girls get out of their cars, um, and, and their crews getting down there and getting them And, and everybody is excited, whether it's, whether it's a you know a career best DT or a round win or the event win or whatever. So that's back. Uh, we got a sponsor for that, and and I'm glad that again our marketing team is working as as hard as they are. Will Smith um, in and out every single day to to try and you know add new programs to get new people in here, um, and that is another addition um added value to low racing
3: that's huge the uh, the top end zone is huge i think like yes, you said absolutely. that's the best opportunity to showcase the emotion and to get to know right. these people otherwise we only see their car throughout the weekend
0: Correct. Uh, I mean, that's a know, huge huge deal to put the face with the name um and, and you know i think the top end zone to me personally is is really special um i think back to the top end zone and brian Olson. um yeah. Ryan, he was the face of that, um, and we miss him dearly. Um, I, I had huge shoes to fill in 2015 uh, when I took that over, and it's just it's a special place down there, and uh, and I can't wait to to see the drivers form that and build that relationship with uh, who our, our top end interviewer is, um, and be able to relay that. To, to the fans out there, because I mean, even though that it's a, it's a live show, you can go back and watch it. And I know that families love to do that, sponsors love to do that, but it's just another added value here to the PDRA. Um, a
2: huge value, Derek. And I, I appreciate you bringing it up, man, because kudos to the PDRA on another home run uh, addition to the program, because we fail to realize sometimes that not everybody wins all the time. Some of these folks may only do it once, right? It may only happen for them one time. So if they don't have that opportunity to, to be in a winner's circle and be interviewed, all of that is part of the memory that's going to keep them coming back. And that's how you set the hook and get a guy going from racing one or two to running them all, man. And it's those moments, those experiences, uh, pretty powerful, man. Pretty you know, powerful. New
0: stories. I mean, things that you, you wouldn't have known unless you, you got the opportunity to talk to them. And, you know, we've stepped up at the PDRA uh, with with our media coverage in-house. Uh, Jason Reese I do want to give a shout out to him. He's at home right now, fighting cancer. He's kicking cancer's ass. Um, and that guy has not given up. He is in the fight, charging hard. And Jason Reese has done a, killer job um, with, you know what he does on social media and the cool stories. I can't tell you how many times I've learned new things, uh, to be able to talk about through what Jason has done in the pits. Yeah, and he, like when Jason came on board, um, him and I roomed together at a few races last year when his, when his first time was at PD and he, he was like dead at the end of the day. I'm like, dude, what happened to you? He's like, I've walked like 10 miles a day. I, I've been back and forth in the pits. And I'm like, we need to find you a ride. Like, oh my gosh, but he's out there pounding pavement, making those relationships, getting those contacts. And now that's paid dividends because people are calling him and, and sending him messages and stuff. So he's able to relay, um, you know, some great stories on pdra social media another pd outlet that has a lot of followers, a lot of exposure so that and i can't stress it enough is we are in a time that you know companies look at how they spend money um they were tr- trying to be cost effective things aren't cheap anymore you want to get the best bang for your buck and to support pdra in a marketing standpoint what, you know with drag illustrated and, and all these other great companies that we have on board um, the reach that you're getting is in the millions is in the millions. And we always ask ourselves, how can we reach the most people in the most cost effective way? And I think this is a great cost effective way that you can reach all over the East coast and beyond. Um, so that's just, it's just exciting because you continuously see new people wanting to come on board and be a part of it. Um, and, and, and it's only going to go up from here. And I just like, we started this PDRA live it's only going to go up i can't wait till the 8th episode and we look back at our first one and be like derek you butchered the intro um <laughs> and no, I but at this not- rate we're going to be and doing 72 episodes, episodes.
4: But,
0: uh, no i mean it's it's really cool and, and i want to personally um i want to set up an email address i want to get our fans out there to start sending in some questions that they want answered some things that Maybe they can't get out and ask a racer of their choice or tech questions or things like that. And uh, we want to get the fans involved because without the fans, we wouldn't be here. Without sponsors, we wouldn't be here. So um, definitely that's something that, that I want to do. Where if you got questions for Scotty and I, um, we want to get those questions answered. and uh, And we want to do it for the fans.
2: Guys, thank you so much. Seriously, this has been, uh, I think, an absolute home run. I think we're going to wrap this bad boy up. I know you guys got a whole lot uh, of work to do. And hey, man, best of luck this weekend. Seriously, keep up the great work. We'll be watching along on Flow Racing, huge supporter of ours here at Drag Illustrated, the West Buck Show, and of course, uh, a big time partner of the PDRA. Keep up the good work, man. You guys, uh, you crushed this first episode, and uh, I'm glad to be the the guy in the little window on this one. And, <laughs> man, and I hope we can that, keep man. that up. No, I like it, man. That. I like it. No, 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 <laughs> no.
3: Go back. Go back. Go back. Go
2: back. I, 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 no, this is Thank
3: fantastic. you, guys. It was awesome. Like you said, Seriously. if this is the first one we've got. A, we've got uh, big shoes to fill by the time we get to number eight. Correct. Thanks, no, guys.
0: Thanks again. Thank you. And you uh, we're excited. I'm mean, so glad to be back in and PDRA 2022. And uh, make sure you guys are watching Flow Racing. Make sure uh, if you can make it out to the Motor Sports Park that you are here this weekend Race number 1 2022 PRA Championship World Season well done,